It's time for the Engaged Club, the podcast for club managers and operators that strive to create loyal and connected members, guests, and customers. Here are the two guys with the club management and digital marketing advice you need to realize your club's potential, Jim Hope and Roger Kincaid. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Engage Club podcast. Happy to be with you. I'm Roger Kincaid. I'm the marketing guy from Off Course Golf. You can see our website at offcourse.golf. I'm Jim Hope, and I'm the GM of the Dare Golf and Winter Club. And Roger, this podcast is supported by the Canadian Society of Club Managers. And I'd like to chat, if I could, with you, have a conversation with you about engaging your members. Hmm. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about engaging your staff, you know, and how do you make sure that you've got a team that, that want to come into work every day and want to provide a wonderful hospitality experience for your guests and want to try and, you know, uh, raise the bar with everything that they do. But, you know, one of the things we need to talk about is how do you get, get your members engaged and keep them? How do you get that member that may not be using all the facilities of the club or may not be using the club as much as that really engaged member is and get them uh, more active at the club? And this topic came up to me from a avid listener of our podcast who is the director of a club who uses their club vehemently. They play lots of golf. They participate in all of the events they volunteer wherever they're needed to help the club because the club is a huge part of their life and their whole family's life and the question became was how do we get that member that just seems to be sitting on the outside you know maybe yeah. playing one round of golf every two weeks don't come into the club for dinner don't participate in the events but pay their dues every year how do we get them engaged in the club and and so we had a conversation about that and they said you know can you talk about that on the podcast sometime and you know so here we are today so, you know, you as a person who may join a club, why would you join a club? What would be the purpose for you joining a club? Yeah, I think the purpose for me to join a club would be, uh, you know, the, the amenities would be important. I'd want to know that I got a great golf course. It's fun for me to play because uh, I would join a golf club. Uh, fitness would be uh, something that interests me. And then, a you know, great food and beverage program. Um, cause you know, I like to eat <laughs> and I want my club suit to be uh, pretty good above average. Um, and then, uh, community be, beyond that, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to join a club where there's a lot of people that, um, you know, maybe I feel like there's a lot of people like me there so that I can kind of hang out and get into a card game or just, uh, come for beers and feel like I'm, you know, walking into cheers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, what you didn't talk about and that was golf we were assuming this was a golf club we're talking about right mm -hmm, but, you know yeah. with maybe with 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 some fitness component um but there was more to it than that because you can just go play golf anywhere right you can just pay a green fee some great clubs in, in your market and uh yeah. and pay and spend a, less a year on dues that you would pay for dues at a private club yeah and like i say you know it's important for me to have a golf course that i'd like to play but i couldn't just go to a great golf course with a crappy everything else like it's right. kind of all got to be there for me yeah yeah and it's so it's interesting when we look at you know and I, we look at the demographics at our club and we we do a lot of usage reports on our members and we probably could do a better job on uh, reports that would show um, uh, members that we may be in danger of losing because of the fact that we could we could see a trend that their usage in certain areas of the club and, and certain aspects of the services that we offer is starting to decline and that's probably a member that we need to engage with pretty quickly to say hey you know you used to play you know 10 rounds of golf a month you're playing one now you used to come into the fitness facilities every three days a week and now you're coming in once a day and we haven't seen you in the in the uh in the in the lounge this month is something up is there is there something you know you're missing from the club is there anything we can do to get you back and involved and they say, oh, no, it's just I'm busy at work. Don't worry about it. I love the place. Not going anywhere. 
Right. Or they may say, yeah, as a matter of fact, we think the food and beverage has fallen off and we're not liking any of the programming that you're offering from a fitness component. And, you know, the golf course doesn't suit us anymore and we're thinking of leaving. Well, now you've, you've created a, a moment where you might be able to re-engage them with the club and you might be able to make some changes, you know, that you that you have some control over to make them uh, want to come back and use the club again. Um, and, and that's a, that's very singular. And if you've got, we have 5,000 members. And if you're a golf club with 500 members, how do you do that for 500 people? Right. Well, well, do you really need to do it for 500? You know, you've got a core group that you know are engaged because you see them all the time and they participate in all the events. Um, and I guess the question I'm, I'm asking you, because, you know, you know, you are as knowledgeable as any club manager that I know on these topics, um, should you do you need to spend time to engage with those people or you just leave them alone and they're doing their shtick and they're they're getting out of the club what they want or or or, or is that an opportunity to get somebody who will 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 the, embrace the club even more and make it yeah. more part of their life and their family's life yeah you can't leave them alone i mean that's just that's a pleasant way of saying ignore them um you know what what i really think needs to happen is that you kind of have to weave them into the story of your club like write them in to what's happening at the club and there's a couple things that i think about i mean you know events are a great way to let people see the the you know what we do here uh, this is who we are and this is what we do uh, people like us do things like this you know that great seth godin line that i i love so much um but also, you know, the sort of club within a club. And when you find that person that's not that engaged, you know, f find a way that that you could get them to kind of plant something at the club and then grow, you know, grow from within. Right. So supposing and I know you did this at your club, so it's kind of a, an easy example for me. But if you had someone who wasn't terribly engaged and he said, you know, Jim, tell me about yourself. Like, tell me about some of your hobbies that you do away from the club. And they say, well, you know, believe it or not, I'm really interested in beekeeping. You say, well, well you know what? That'd be great. That's such an interesting thing. What if we got you some hives here and you could uh, start a beekeeping program here? We could get a, a handful of volunteers around you to help out. I'm sure that in the 5,000 members that we have, we could find eight that would be really interested in doing it. We'll make honey for the club. It'll be, you know, a great uh, opportunity for you to share what you're really passionate about. And I think that, you know, just by talking to members and, and getting to know members a lot better, you would find that there's a lot of opportunities to do this. Surely that's how bridge clubs started out or how card rooms, you know, became parts of, of clubs. There was a poker game and then you figured, well, why don't you guys play poker at the club? We'll serve you beer and wings. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's uh, the club within a club is an absolutely brilliant concept. I remember you telling me a story that when you and your wife were down in Palm Springs in the club where. Uh, uh, your wife's aunt belongs to, you know, they have a hiking club and you guys went for a hike with them and, and they, they'll, they'll do trips, right? Day trips to places uh, together as a club because they're saying we need to engage you as we want to create a full community environment here where everything and all of your needs can commit, can get met here at the club. And one of the changes that, that and I think that's brilliant, by the way, I really do. Um, I, 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 one of the things that the, the, the shifts that we've, we've made in clubs lately as well is that, you know, bigger isn't always better. You're not going to have the the spring ball for 350 people. You know, those days are just out. Those days are gone. But if you can do a whiskey tasting for 35 people that really love American whiskey uh, and want to learn about that, that's a really good thing. So instead of doing the president's ball for 350, you need to do 10 events for 35 people. And those events need to be very uh, tailored, very specifically to the needs of what somebody uh, somebody might want from their club. You know, we did a cognac tasting and we had 25 people and we now have uh, an engaged group of people who like drinking really good cognac and understand where cognac comes from and how it's distilled and what the history of it is. And that, that was really fun to be able to do. 
So we do, you know, we've done an American whiskey tasting. We do this, you do, you do the Scotch tasting, you do some cooking classes for some small groups. Uh, you know, we've had, a, we had at a club where at Christmas time, we would go, we'd make wreaths for people. We'd have 25 or 30 people. We make the Christmas wreath that they'd hang on their front door. And then they had a story to tell about that wreath. When everyone knocked on the door and said, oh my God, that's beautiful. Where did you buy that? They said, I didn't buy that. I made that at my club. Um, and this, we had people that were attending that, that weren't that big of a golfers and we were a golf club. They paid their dues every year, but they were getting something else out of the club uh, outside of just the golf, uh, that, that made it, uh, uh, acceptable for them to write us a really big check on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. You know, Jim, w one of the things that uh, I really love seeing in clubs is, is, um, community impact right when you understand that as a you know as a whole as a club particularly you know a, a large club that you can make a tremendous impact on your community and i know that a lot of clubs will do that they'll have sort of a uh, you know a cause that they support and they'll raise money for and they'll do some some stuff that we've really come to know as you know standard maybe we'll have a golf marathon or we'll we'll you know do something and we'll raise some money for a cause but what about a group of 12 or 15 people you know at christmas time doing a shift at the food bank you know, and, and sorting food at, at your local food bank. And then as a club telling that story about, you know, the impact that we made and that, you know, these are the 15 people and we really celebrate the generosity here at the club. My all time favorite stories like this, Jim, are uh, the clubs that I've heard of where they have a scholarship program and that they make sure that the members who, you know, in a lot of cases are, are well to do, um, look at the staff that work at the club, who in some cases, you know, they, they are getting by and, and maybe they need a little bit more financial assistance to to realize their dreams. Um, and the members rally behind them and create scholarship programs and they select kids and they send them to, you know, to college and they pay for their tuition and stuff like that. And I really love those stories because of the social impact that it has, the great community impact that it has. But Jim, also because it, it really speaks to the generosity of the group. And I think the more you can tell those stories, the more engaged your membership is. You bet. And the sense of pride that it gives those members to know that the families that they've, they've helped and, and they hear the story of the impact that they've had uh, makes them really proud to be at that club. And again, it doesn't make it as hard to write that check when the dues bill comes in because they know the good that they're doing at the club as well. Right. So you're awesome. You're awesome, Roger, with the fact that having a, a positive social impact is, is really important as well. So I think just to wrap this up, I think that what we're saying is that uh, you know, first off, you have to engage your members. As you said, really not engaging is really just a way of saying that we're just going to be ignoring the people that aren't participating. So I think it's, it's exceptionally important that you try and engage with the members. There's a whole bunch of vehicles on how you can do that from surveying to focus groups to just conversations with people that maybe aren't using the club that much. Um, but I, what I really take from this and what I really what I what I'd like to uh, the advice and the example I'd like to give with people is that smaller is better. It doesn't have to be big to be successful. If you can, if you can hit a small segment of your membership, uh, and and uh, be able to satisfy a passion that they have, or that they have a passion that they can bring to the club, like the beekeeping example you gave, then you're going to be successful in retaining your members at your club, and they're going to become the salespeople to go out and market your club to their friends to come because they're going to say to them, "Yeah, this thing really takes care of my needs. That they they're interested in what's important to me, and they do everything that they can to provide that for me at the club." Well put. Thanks so much for listening to this episode if you like what you heard uh please share it with your friends in the club business until the next episode thank you for listening this has been the engaged club podcast with jim hope and roger kincaid don't forget to subscribe rate and review this podcast if you like what you heard share it with your fellow club managers and operators until next time thanks for listening